Welcome to episode 11 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I'm your host, Kofi Outlaw, and again with me is my co-host, Matt Mueller. What up, what up, what up, everybody? And uh, our third co-host, uh, Brandon Davis, is still out on deep cover missions. I swear we saw him in the offices <laughs> like once this week. I swear he was here. He's but, like a uh, Norwal. He just yeah, pops up. He popped up, and then he was just gone again on another mission. So he's got a lot of things. We got a lot of movies coming out, and he's got a lot of international man of mystery stuff to do. So we're going to keep it going with our rotating series of comic book staff all-stars. And today we have one of our fine gentlemen from our WWE department. Connor. What's up, Kofi? Thanks for having me, guys. I, I knew BD wasn't going to be here, so I broke out the blazer to keep his look going. Very wow, nice. then what a dishonorable legacy to continue. But, uh, <laughs> we're going to keep you anyway since you're here on the couch, and I don't think we can book a replacement. We'll, Too late. We'll take, you're are, stuck I mean, with me. <laughs> you essentially just said you're here to be BD Light. I mean, I would, I mean, if you want to, we can go. We can do that, but I was going to tout your – I was going to extol your own virtues, which uh, – Kofi, BD wishes he was me. Oh, man. <laughs> oh. Uh, that's the way to start it. Now, that, now that's, what we expect, that's what we expect from our WWE division right there. Well done. Just Ooh. a well-done promo right off the bat. So, yeah, Connor, we have a great WWE division. Uh, Matt's been a great ambassador, but we brought one of the main event people themselves. Uh, Connor's here, so... We're yeah. going to talk wrestling. Yeah. We're going to talk some wrestling today. a lot today. of so, wrestling right. to talk about. Let's get into it. We're going to talk some wrestling, as Matt is uh, obviously enthusiastic I've... to talk about. But we're also going to talk about some other things, like what's going on with uh, Sony's latest Spider-Man spinoff. We got an update there. We're going to talk about some big new trailers that dropped in the form of Game of Thrones and Shazam. But first, we kind of got to start things off on a somber note, which is a great way to start any show of entertainment. But um, yeah, last episode, I remember we listened back. We came in and we were kind of alluding to the fact that uh, actor Luke Perry had had a stroke like right before we recorded. And we came in and we were kind of uh, distracted by that in the beginning of just kind of wishing him well and hoping for a speedy recovery. Uh, By now, of course, you know that didn't happen, and tragically, Luke Perry passed away yesterday at the age of uh, 52, I believe it was, and uh, yeah, way too young. Um, I'm a kind of 90s kid myself. I grew up with Luke Perry being like one of the heartthrob mm-hmm. icons of my generation, even if you love to hate him. Like, I mean, he was always a good Dylan dude. Dylan McKay. Yeah. He was Dylan McKay in 91210. For me, I was obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original movie, which he helped yep. you know, bring to life. And just, I mean, even a new generation was just kind of riding with him on Riverdale. Like, so, yeah, a big loss. And we just want to say, you know, rest in peace to Luke Perry and condolences to all his close friends and family who are probably grieving right now. I know we were all, there was a lot of emotions here in the office. I mean, some you might think were callous and artless, but uh, yeah, we, like I said, we, a lot of us are fans and Mm -hmm. we're fans of this person in particular and kind of a defining person of our generation. And it just lets us know we're getting older. So, with that happy note, wow. let's roll on yeah. into some other stuff that uh, it's talking about. Let's get back to some fun stuff. And let's talk about what's going on in uh, Sony's universe of Marvel characters, which... I it has a name, right? I can't remember what it is. I know, I always just want to call <laughs> it schmuck because it just... I know, it's not even... Schmuckers. That's not even what it... Like, <laughs> I know, it's not even like what the uh, acronym is, but I just... 
Uh, I, I always want to call it that, but it's Sony's universe of Marvel characters, uh, which had an unexpectedly successful fall with uh, Venom nearly touching a billion and Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse getting all the critical acclaim and an Oscar and kind of launching a whole franchise in that direction. So next up is going to be, uh, we get Spider-Man Far From Home this year, but in 2020, the next big spinoff will be Morbius, starring Morbius. <laughs> starring Jared Leto. <laughs> if I don't hear that line in a trailer, I'll be disappointed. Um, yeah, starring Jared Leto as Michael Morbius. And today, he posted his first official look of him in character as Michael Morbius. And of course, it was kind of one of those annoying teaser photos where he's like, you know, they're, I forget what the clipboard is they use. Uh, it's like a Russo Brothers move. Yeah. Like, that would be something they would totally do. Yeah, I know. Do, right? They kind yeah. of just jack in the Russo Brothers. It's <laughs> Jared Leto's face behind the little, uh, you know, start and action clipboard. Uh, great film reporters. I can't even name what that thing is. <laughs> Flatboard. And all we see is know. his eyes. Yeah, and all you see is his eyes. And you don't even see the most important part we would probably want to see in any vampire movie is like what his mouth may look teeth. like. Yeah, the teeth, the mouth. We don't know if he's a vampire at this point or just, you know, weirdo scientist Michael Morbius. But uh, this was our official first look. And it just kind of had us just thinking about Morbius and talking a little bit about this. I don't think we've ever really talked about this one. I don't so, think a lot of people have talked about no. Morbius in general. <laughs> so let us be the first. Um, yeah. Vampire movies, ooh, tricky thing to do, I mean, in the post-Twilight era, but uh, especially a living vampire. But, I mean, Sony has somehow Forrest Gumped their way through this whole thing like, and just keeps somehow, some way, just coming up with success. That's a really nice way to put it. <laughs> Forrest Gump, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, but that's just like what it's it seems no, to yeah, very be true. happening here. So Mobius. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm kind of uh, interested to see what they do. I think the director is Daniel S. Spinoza, who directed Safe House. The, I know he directed Safe House. Yeah. I'm butchering your name. I'm so sorry. Uh, the uh, movie with uh, Denzel Washington and Ryan Reynolds, which was a pretty good actioner. I mean, And this character offers a blank, a, relatively a blank slate. Like, there's not the years and years and years. Like, there's a lot of history there, but honestly not history that anyone's really going to, like... No, I mean, there's only, like... Pitchfork over and researching what some things could mean, like casting rumors that we've looked up. It's like there's, like, two Michael Morbius stories. It's like... Of his real best friend, yeah, his best friend betrays him and also becomes a vampire, which is probably what's happening in this movie. Yeah, and his longtime love interest eventually becomes a killer vampire too, and has to find her way back, which will also probably spoiler in this movie. So everybody just becomes and that's a vampire. It. That's the whole. <laughs> there you go. It's the entire history yeah, yeah. of Morbius right there. Dude accidentally turns himself into a vampire. <laughs> Other people start catching vampire disease. There you go. There you go. There you go. Uh, is that every vampire movie ever, or Morbius, the living vampire? Here's the thing. I have a we'll, question. We'll find out. If it's like Underworld, but like a little with a Marvel, don't if it's you, like a Marvel spin on Underworld, you will you hate drag. it? No. I yeah, mean, I, I love hate Underworld. It. I love Underworld. It is one of my guilty pleasures. I, I don't want to get too much on a tangent here. I was just Morbius, saying it's something to aspire like, to. If that's what no. it turns out to be, I'll be fine. If we can see some new vampire on vampire action to replace the bad taste of Twilight in our souls, like that will be... You're smiling. No, I, I'm smiling. You're a secret. No, 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 no. I'm smiling because I, I just didn't know if I wanted to say something. I'm not going to. No, okay. let that ride on by. See, <laughs> see. And then if we just get some good vampire on vampire action, like on a really high budget, I mean, that's not something we've really seen before. See, when you say underworld, I think vampire on werewolf action because we get into all the lichen stuff. There are werewolves in the Marvel Universe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so we can... I, I'm totally down for They that. can mess with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ways to go with this, but... um. Yeah, so Jared Leto, hopefully this will turn out better than uh, Suicide Squad and the Joker. 
Uh, hopefully, because he can go really deep into these characters. But I mean, I mean, just be an asshole. That's kind of Michael Morbius. Morbius. Yeah, be an arrogant asshole. That's pretty much it. So. You're gonna we'll do keep that. Keep you uh, now updated about. Right. Yeah, we'll keep you updated about if we see anything <laughs> significant and about. Uh, I almost call him Mobius. Oh man, this is gonna be a Mobius <laughs> about Morbius, including. I mean, we're all waiting to see like the real vampire design the film's going with. That's gonna be the big thing, just like with Venom. And who knows when we'll see that? It could be the end of trailer two. So. Could be a long Maybe Eminem movie. will come out with a song and it'll ruin Morbius for me. Yes. Morbius! Venom! <laughs> All right, you're welcome. I'm just Sodom Morbius! Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't try oh, to, God, I don't try to read the mind of the great Slim <laughs> All right, well, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about Shazam and that big Game of Thrones trailer. And as we said, we're going to be talking some wrestling. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code Odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so as we come in and record today, uh, some big trailers have just dropped. We're making a lot of eye contact on this episode, I noticed. Like, uh, we're just kind of, you, me, and Matt are sitting here looking. <laughs> I feel I like know. I'm boxed out I, like, right now. I don't know if I, like, left my show notes. It's because I, it's because I hurt my back, and so I can only sit up at one particular <laughs> angle, and that's just right at eye line with you. You're such a, it's I not thought, my fault. I thought we were making, like, genuine connection sorry. here as I hosts. apologize. I thought this was a host co-host bonding, and you are like, I just, nah, I just threw my back out. <laughs> like, it's a good aspirin before the show. Whatever, right? I'll take a cap. <laughs> anyway, Jeez. so we have big new trailers dropping. We have Game of Thrones. We have Shazam. Um, let's start with Game of Thrones. Uh, Matt just admitted to us before the show, he's like the one guy who's not going to be <laughs> watching Game of Thrones this spring. That's so yep. he's just on the outside. But thankfully, Connor is, uh, is a loyal fan. In addition, he's a Renaissance man. In addition to being a wrestling expert, he's also a pretty hardcore Game of Thrones fan, among other things. So, um, yeah, we got this new trailer for season eight. And I think I was just talking a couple weeks ago about how Avengers Endgame and Game of Thrones don't really need to advertise, at least not to me. Like, I'm going to go show up uh, the day of. So when I came in and I was, like, feisty about this trailer for about, like, the first 10 seconds, I was like, I'm not watching that, man. Like, I'm not doing it, man. You're not getting me. And then I saw, like, one image of Danny and John walking towards dragons. I was like, click, play. Um, and I did like this trailer because I think they've taken a kind of – I'm not saying they took it from Avengers Endgame, but they're taking the same similar marketing approach to this highly anticipated event, whereas they're just giving us these kind of brief shots, a lot of emotional character shots, just like brief glimpses of the characters we know and love, feeling some kind of intense emotion or suggesting like they're bloodied or beaten down and something dark is happening without really showing us what that threat is. Um, and suggesting just the epicness of this battle to come without revealing anything really about the battle. That was kind of what we saw in Endgame, and that's what we see in this latest trailer. I mean, it starts off great way with Arya kind of running through, I guess, what looks like Winterfell. I think it was the catacombs in Winterfell. Catacombs in Winterfell, yeah. Mm -hmm. And something is chasing her, something bad, and she's bloodied. I've, I had to check because it looked like she was missing an eye. I was like, did she get Thord? But she wasn't. It was just a head, it was just a head cut. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and she's, but she's got a significant amount of blood and wear and tear, and it looks like 
you know, this thing is hot on her heels and that, you know, to see Arya of all people scared and kind of taking that subtle emotion was how we kicked it off. And like I said, there are just a lot of, it was a montage of great shots of the characters we know and love. Like I said, feeling some kind of intense emotion, except for Cersei, who just looked drunk and unable to come up with something to say. I think that was my favorite shot. Yeah, it she, was. She's always the one to have some sort of witty line to come yeah. with it. And, but she's just holding the wine like, I am absolutely speechless right now. Yeah, and it's kind of in a voiceover where they basically are boiling it down to, like, there's nothing left. Like, there's this. Yeah. We got to fight, like, the dead, and that's it. And she's just like, eh, yeah, yeah. Like, all right. And that was, like, a great pause moment that has become, I think, a fan fave moment. It's gonna, I'm sure it's a gif already somewhere. Mistakes have been made, I think, is what's going through her head at the moment. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe I should have helped those guys when they asked. Yeah, exactly. Or it could be, like, seriously, just like, you know what, F it, burn it, like, let it all die. I don't care. I'll rule the dead. I'll marry the Night's King. Oh, God. <laughs> She'll try. Yeah, exactly. She's like, uh, all my kids are dead. Who cares? But, uh... Wow. You, you don't know how serious I Game of Thrones <laughs> like yeah. And for I just, a minute, I thought you said it's almost so great just to watch somebody who doesn't know anything about I, the show. I'm not gonna just lie. hear these lines and just see their face be like. I'm not gonna oh. lie. So when you said one line, you just said uh, you said Arya, yeah. and I swore you said Ariana. And like for a minute, like this whole thing of like Ariana Grande like being against the undead like went into my brain. Like that was the show I was watching. No, she's not with Pete Davidson anymore. Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, Pete, uh, Pete Davidson's moved on, as we've seen on Twitter. Yeah, I'll see. Speaking, bringing it of, back speaking to the, of Underworld. Bring, yeah, bringing it back to the Underworld, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's so many wrong. I've successfully derailed there's so the many, conversation. There's so many it. legal reasons why we need to just keep moving. Right <laughs> okay, so, yeah. So Game of Thrones. I mean, the first – and the thing I love is that from what we've seen, as epic as it has been, most of it, except for, like, obviously things like the – what it looks like the Golden Company or people in King's Landing. Most of it has just been contained to the Battle of Winterfell, which could be like episode one or two. I don't know how the episodes, I haven't looked because I don't want to be spoiled in this case, but it could be like really early on. We still don't know like what the biggest like twists or reveals are. And I hope that they just keep doing these from now on. That was like the trailer we needed. And I hope they just give us like 10 second teasers of characters in extreme duress or doing something like, like that Arya opening things like that that just make us say like oh crap and just really ramp up the kind of epicness of this because it is going to shut down spring when it hits and i am so excited all right i don't think i've ever seen you this pumped i mean i love game of thrones like i really do but you really do nail the fact that it is like the avengers endgame trailer where we're basically shown nothing except what we already know like nobody nobody was dead no one looked like they were about on the verge of death at the time it was pretty much exactly what we were expecting. We know this battle's coming. We knew this five seasons ago that at some point this was going to happen. Now it's time for the fireworks to go off. And for as long as each of these episodes are going to be, it does make you wonder, how are they going to fill the rest of that time? Because that, that initial battle, that might take a full episode. It's not going to take any more than that. you still got to f- fill the other five. Yeah. They're all film length. Yep. So what do, you, what do you do with the rest of that? So, yeah, I was thrilled by it. Um, one of the reveals that it did show was that oh, the yeah. people that were on the wall when the dragon brought it yeah. down are still alive. Tormon, Giant Spain, and Belric Dondarrion. My and brother and Red Beardless. You know, I got yeah. to stick out for the gingers, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, they're still alive, and Tormon's already tearing up the internet because that guy who plays him, I forget his name right now, but, um, yeah, he's already become, like, uh, just an icon in and of himself. He needs, to, he needs to finish the story with Brienne. 
that's it. Yeah, that's there, there's yeah, no they, other way to end. Yeah, people are shipping that really hard. So, yeah, there's a lot to look forward to in Game of Thrones, and I mean, this trailer got us hyped. So that's great. I don't need to see much more, but that's it. So we'll see you there in the spring, and we're gonna be talking about that like crazy. Moving right along, Shazam. Shazam! I did it. There, are you happy? Yay! Okay. <laughs> so we got another trailer for Shazam, and I've been kind of on the fence. I've been kind of skeptical about the spring movies for both DC and Marvel, Captain Marvel and Shazam. I'm not, like, hating on either of them, but I just have said for both at separate times you that the marketing... Right. What's that? You didn't say it right that time. Okay. I'm moving on. <laughs> that Shazam, that, like, that both the marketing for both films hasn't grabbed me. But this trailer was a lot better. I mean, and it didn't even... And again... I think a lot of movie makers are getting good at this trick of showing us more without showing us more because while we saw some more action between, you know, Shazam and Dr. Savannah, um, you know, having a superpower kind of Man of Steel fight <laughs> across the city, yeah. you also – it was still basically this kind of big meets Iron Man with superpowers, you know, training – most of this movie that's about training and learning and doing all this stuff and making the mistakes and the hijinks that come from that. Uh, but it was very entertaining, right? Like yeah. it was very, it gave a good sense of the tone of this film and like what it, what it's going to be like in it. And if nothing else, I think Shazam will be the best at delivering the thing the DC movie universe has so badly needed. That one three letter word fun, right? Yeah. Like this is just a ton of fun. I, I, I should have w- sold that as the F word, but you know. They, I, I honestly thought I want to see Jim Fiscardi. <laughs> yeah. I want to see Jim Fiscardi sweat. So I see his eyes just peek up. Like oh, I think boy. one of the one of the cool things it's done is actually show uh, an underlying theme about and, and something that people complained about with like Man of Steel. Essentially, all this chaos and carnage being caused, and the hero not reflecting on it properly, not looking at that as as that's a huge negative, and, and I need to put people first. In this one, they show that scene where he's like he causes the bus to f- to go over. Yeah, he's the playing overpass. around with lightning bolts yeah. out of his hands. In case you haven't seen it, Shazam's playing with lightning <laughs> bolts coming out of his hands, and he zaps like an overpass that a bus is passing. <laughs> and by. so the bus careens off. Yeah, he saves the bus, and he's all proud. And then Freddy's like, "No, no, yeah, dude, you caused pick. it." He's like, "Did you see what I did?" He's like. I saw you almost kill a bus full of people. Yeah. Like, yeah. And just in that one scene, they've they've already addressed a major issue with some of the other DC movies that have had all this carnage and stuff. And and you never feel like the hero, aside from Wonder Woman, you who was went out of her way to try and protect people in those scenes. And so I I think that's great. Like I feel like this is one of those that'll learn from lessons from other movies. This looks, I'm so jazzed for this movie. Yeah, this looked a lot better. And I think there is another underlying theme that David F., director David F. Sandberg has snuck in there, which is kind of reapproaching hero mythology through the eyes of a child as opposed to adults. Yeah. And that's kind of the sneaky bit. I mean, we all look at this as like big, as like a kid pretending to be an adult. But a lot of it, especially with like Freddy and things like that, will be, yeah, you know, superhero mythology back down to its core which is, you know, with the imagination and, and kind of wonder of a child mm-hmm. and doing that both as a storyline and at the same time as a kind of literal reinvention of the DC. This is almost like Man of Steel through the eyes of a kid. I, right? Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. a great way to put it. I hadn't thought of that. I, I also really just like the scene. I'm a sucker for slapstick humor. So, like, when he goes up 
and he jumps into the building, but he doesn't clear it. Yeah. And that, and that holds for just that second to let the audience like digest that. And you laugh because of the pause, right? It's, it's great. Like I, I'm really looking forward to this. One thing I thought was really interesting was we see those Batman figures and he throws one at a bad guy at one point. And it, it gave me this idea that maybe we're going to develop what the DC universe looks more like in terms of everyday life. Because you have all these superheroes running around and you think, okay, how would the real world react to that? Yeah. One of the first thing they'd probably do is merchandising. Yeah. So the first thing we get would be toys. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what's it, like, what's it like to be a kid who loves superheroes in a world where Superman and Batman are a real thing. Yes, and you're coming after them and you're not – yeah, that's, yeah no, that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's hilarious that in this universe where we've had this dark killer Batman – He's like the biggest merchandising thing because the <laughs> robbers and Suicide Squad were also wearing like, you know, Batman yeah. costumes they had bought in a store. There's a Batarang replica, yeah. whatever, in the kid's room, yeah. right? Or and something like, like that. Yeah. yeah. Killer Batman, biggest merchandiser. Like, that's great. Oh, man. So, yeah, Shazam, do you guys, let's just end this with a hot take. Do you think this could be the pivot point where a DC movie that's coming out this spring beats a Marvel movie? Could Shazam beat Captain Marvel? Uh, so it, it doesn't have to beat Endgame. It just has to beat Captain Marvel. Yeah, just, no, no, we're just talking Shazam and Captain Marvel. Right. Yeah, Avengers I was gonna say, like, a whole other thing, yeah. I think this is going to hit the kid demographic harder than Captain Marvel hits the female demographic. So I'll go on a limb and say that Shazam does beat Captain Marvel. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be closer than I would have said, but I think Captain Marvel takes it. Ooh, this is going to be a big one. But I, Could you I, imagine I what's going to go with that. what the numbers if it comes down to the wire, the numbers and the fandom and the flame war. And well, we'll be there Good to talk God. about it. So, if, all right. If, here's the thing. Can I say something? Yeah. Here, okay. So here's the hot take portion because that wasn't a very hot take. It should be. But here's the hot take portion. If it if Shazam does, I'm going to be incredibly disappointed in like fans. Of Captain Marvel for not going out to support that movie. Like, it's going to bother me All right. that one Man, doesn't if, beat the other. If Shazam is a better movie. Well, I can't judge it on it yet because I haven't seen it. So just judging from marketing and judging from, like, the trailer so far, to me, there's bigger ramifications with Captain Marvel and to the audience it speaks to and to the things involved with bringing a female character to the forefront like that than Shazam admits to not like that's not what Shazam's about it it doesn't need to be but to me that's important and for a lot of people who have been talking about it to not then go support it in money would bum me out that would upset me and that would I would be bummed so I feel like this is going to be I haven't heard many rumblings maybe we've just kicked kicked open this can of worms but uh hit us up at uh, hashtag comic book nation on Twitter and let us know what you think Shazam versus Captain Marvel at the box office what do you think is going to happen now Putting that aside, we're going to get into some greased-up slap fighting because we're going to talk some wrestling. So, Connor, Matt, I throw this one to you guys. I just throw in ignorant wrestling jokes like that about greased-up slap fighting. That's my whole role here. Uh, you guys have some big things going on the horizon over at WWE. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So, you want to lead off? Well, we've got Fastlane this weekend. Coming up on Sunday from the Quicken Loans Arena in Cleveland, Ohio. So for people like me, what is <laughs> like fast? <Ophie. laughs> okay, yeah. so the biggest show every year is called WrestleMania. Oh, I, I was an 80s, 90s wrestling kid. Yeah. Okay, so I fell off in the 2000s. Essentially, we have been working ever since the Royal Rumble, which was in January, up to WrestleMania. 
what we're working on right now is the last of the pay-per-views that come in between that. This is the last of the kind of carryover feuds that we've got going on. And in the coming weeks, we'll get the established card for WrestleMania. This is probably going to be the turning point for a number of feuds. It's going to set up a number of matches that we're going to want to see. Uh, we're going to run through a couple of those right now. And I got to say, this is probably one of the more important fast lanes in recent years. Typically, fast lane is one of those things where it gets ignored because like in everyone's terms of solidifying your crazy theories, like about Becky Lynch hey. and Finn Balor. Well, okay, well, Finn Balor's a long shot play. That's a long. That's a year away. Jim, I got. Time. I'm just bringing it up to time. remind you of your We're, bets. And your oh statements. no, no, I stand by that. But oh, that's God, not that bet. That's a, it's not even a bet. I didn't bet anything. I just bet my dignity and. But if you're, wrong, if, you're, if you're wrong, we're going to remind you of it forever. Oh, well, that's like, fine. That's yes, I didn't mean that. to do I don't want to derail you. Okay, what's happening at Fastlane? Okay, so, um, well, first, we're going to cover a couple of things. So uh, we're going to cover uh, Roman Reigns, which a lot of, he's been coming back to the ring uh, after his uh, leukemia treatments. Uh, he had to leave for that. And then now he's been in remission. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about Kofi Kingston, your favorite wrestler. <laughs> we're also going to talk about uh, Becky Lynch we and Ronda Rousey. I mean, you are a legion. Uh, and then we're going to talk about Big Dave. Uh, Big Dave. Dave Batista. Uh, and his return to the ring and a match. Uh, you want to take Roman first? Uh, sure, let's do it. So they announced last night, after what seemed like an impossible feat, the Shield have reunited. Dean Ambrose has come back to the side of the Angels. And we are getting what could be the final six-man tag match involving the trio. Um, and a question I posed to you in the office as I walked in this morning is, was this the right idea for Roman Reigns? Should this have been the match that he comes back to after being gone since October battling leukemia? So I, so to set this up then, what is, what would you have preferred? I would have preferred that he doesn't wrestle until WrestleMania. Okay. I think that match by itself is a big enough draw to where you can just build up for weeks on end to that. You know, I, I like that we're being in the Shield back. I love the Shield. The yeah. Shield was the highlight of the early 2010s for television for me. Yeah. In terms of WWE, but he's such he is the cornerstone of the company, and he is the most popular he's ever going to be because he just beat cancer. Yes. So even the most adamant Roman Reigns haters, they're going to cheer for this guy, especially in his first match. Which so there were not? plenty. So why dilute it with, oh, we're going to have him in a six-man tag match, we'll have him on a couple of Raws, and then we'll have him in a squash with Baron Corbin. Because we've already established that he doesn't want to be in the world championship picture, because that was everybody's fear. Yeah. You, you noticed in that opening promo last night, he, there was a clear fear from the fans that, oh, crap, they're just going to put him right back in where yeah. he was. They're going to put him in the world title picture. He even heard a couple of boos coming out, and Roman looking around like, oh, crap, is this yeah. already back? And he goes, nah, you can have it. Rollins, you can have your moment yeah. with Brock Lesnar. And everyone's like, oh, thank God, we don't have to worry about that. But then what do you do with <laughs> Roman at the show? Yeah. So that was my initial thought was, okay, they're going to wait. They didn't. So Because Vince McMahon does not excel at patience for storylines. No, That's not something that typically a storyline we struggle When you have so much TV to fill, you can't. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I'm okay with them putting him back into the picture. Um and my into only thing, title, you, you wish no, you were in the title this, picture. Okay. Into this, I'm, I'm okay with him coming back already, going into matches, okay. like not waiting. Because for me, it's one of those things you have to strike while the iron is hot, and they have to, they have to get him in there. If he's getting cheers and he's getting over, which it's sad that it took this to get him over because his body of work is actually significantly better than what I feel like the reputation he has. But 
you have to you have to capitalize on it and you have to build, right? So I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the shield coming back only because of the Dean Ambrose thing. I I feel like that was such a waste though. That the fact that he the turned back turn? is just a, a just the ultimate indicator that wow, we did not know what we were doing with him for the last five months. I completely agree. I and think that's a shame because that turn was brilliant. That when it happened, so you that, liked it when, when he that, turned on him. No, because there's no like. That was maybe one of the most well-timed heel turns really? of the last decade. Yes. Because I feel well, like... How could you hate a guy any more than, hey, because your best friend just had cancer. Now I'm going to hit you. Which is, by the way, if, if Kofi, you don't know what happened. That's essentially what happened. They announced that Roman Reigns had to give up the belt and had to go fight cancer. The same night, during the same show, one of his brothers turns on the other one. And they make like a heel turn and out then of this weeks really later, emotional moment. And then even weeks later, he cuts a promo where he says, yeah, Roman's got cancer because he's paying for his sins. Like they went that far with it and it led to Classy. virtually nothing. <laughs> Classy. And that, is ju- and that is just a shame. Can it's I- a shame that they, went, they were able to do nothing with it. Without getting too deep, what do you guys want to see from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? There's nothing they can really do beyond just whoever he fights, he beats. Let him have what the moment. What else can you do? Let him have the moment. I, I want a... Okay. Can we use this to build up a belt? I'm not saying it has to be like, you know, the WWE Championship or even, you know, like the Universal. I'm not saying that, but a U.S. title, an intercontinental belt. There's so many belts that just literally dangle out like laundry. I mean, They're never was, used. Who do you the put him with? Finn Balor like a, or Truth? I mean, there's there's not a lot of options. You at this could point. put him with you Finn Balor. You wouldn't put him with Finn. <laughs> Roman Reigns you know get you. that Hobbs and Shaw that. money, man. He's he could be wrapping this whole thing up pretty soon if he gets a big enough breakout. Because his I mean his cousin's the rock, right? And he looks like Jason Momoa. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah. I mean he's not hurting. The man's going No, he's not. So that's You're getting uh, bogged down. Move it on. Kofi. Let's talk Kofi about Kofi. I want to hear more about trending every week, Kofi. What's that? Every Everybody's saying on Twitter, give Kofi the belt. I mean, I just try to help these wrestlers out, man. I just try to help them get somewhere in their careers. <laughs> you are an inspiration to us all. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'll actually let you tackle Kofi, too, if you want. Sure. So I actually had to miss SmackDown last week. Because I want the next one. <laughs> okay, here we go. Okay, yeah. I, I want the that. next one. I see the run sheet. So I missed SmackDown Live as it's happening last week. I come back and I look at the results afterwards, and I am just absolutely stunned. I think I went with the "you what" gift from SpongeBob, just <laughs> flabbergasted. Classic gift, yes. Um, check out my Twitter if you want to see it. But anyway, I love that they are actually striking while the iron is hot with the situation. So often we we look at WWE's creative and we go, "Man, if they just went with what the crowd is asking for at the moment, yes, then there'd be some success." And in a span of a week. We took Kofi Kingston. Hey, you know, likable guy in the New Day. We love the New Day. Yeah. We always pop whenever Big E gets on the mic. Pancakes are awesome. Fantastic. We took In a span of a week, we went from that to, I want to see this guy become a world champion. I forgot how good he was. And just, it, you, you, all the memories of, wow, this guy legitimately had a shot about 10 years ago yeah. to become a main event player, and it was wasted. And he was just shunted back down, and we never got to see it again. He was wasted for so long on the mid-card. And it's not often... We get these stories where this thing has been building up for 11 years. He's had less than a, less than five world championship televised matches. Yeah. And now we're getting the, the, the now we're getting a real one on the biggest stage possible. Now I love Daniel Bryan. I love everything that they've been doing with him. 
But I think WrestleMania is the time where you do take the title off him and give it to Kofi, even if it's just for a month. Because imagine what that pop is going to be yes. in that stadium at that moment. I agree. It could be one of the highlights of the night. I No, I agree. absolutely agree with you. And uh, Kofi needs a belt. Kofi, Kofi needs a belt. a belt. If Kofi gets a belt, do we get you a belt to match? I have I a mean, belt on my yeah, desk. Absolutely. Boom. All right. Kofi gets a belt, I get a belt. If Kofi wins a belt, we are you, legion, like you win the belt. If he's right. a lose, I don't know who he is. Just cut him off like a bad appendage if he loses. Wow. Like Man. a what? It went dark. Like a bad appendage. Oh, okay. Appendage. I'm I sorry. thought you said a bag of pigeons, and I said <laughs> a, bag of, a bag of pigeons. <laughs> should have left it up. I should have left you it up for the imagination. Morbius. <laughs> Maybe I wanted a bag of pigeons cut off. All right. So uh, moving on to the thing you really want to talk uh, about. Okay. Uh, so uh, this has caused uh, much uh, consternation in the <laughs> in the office between me it's and Connor. It's not words. consternation. You're just wrong. I'm not wrong. Okay. Okay, so at this at this event and and building up to Fastlane, one of the biggest characters and stories ever is Becky Lynch. Ever for this like time, not ever like as in you, the you, all. You sorry, my bad. Like, my bad. If I said please, ever, my soldier bad. Soldier boy disagrees. My my sorry. I my I was gonna say my inner cornet came out. <laughs> Apologize. So has been one of the biggest stories of the year. This has been one of the most popular wrestlers for the last few months. She's in the major storylines. And then you have Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey has been booked essentially as a true babyface since she came on, right? Up yeah. until last night. Up until most, last night. For the most part, yes. And then uh, Becky's like the anti-hero. And then Charlotte's kind of been on the fringe. So last, last uh, the last several weeks, we've gotten full-on heel Charlotte. So Charlotte's going to be in this because, of course, the authority wants her as its champion. And it's the best Charlotte's ever been. It, it is. This, this is the is. best version of that character we've ever seen, and I love every second of it. I agree. No, my, my thing with Charlotte being involved in this was never that she was a bad heel or that she's a bad wrestler at all. I like Charlotte a lot. I just always was like, okay, going back to your thing about Kofi Kingston. Mm-hmm. What the fans clearly want, they got behind a wrestler. Right. And so, whereas we don't want a repeat of Cesaro, Rusev, or however many of these wrestlers, even Zack Ryder at one point, where the fans get behind them, and then they, they toy with you, and then two weeks later, they're off, right? And so we thought that that was going to be the way they were going to treat Becky Lynch. And then the Nia Jax thing happened, she gets punched, and she has her stone-cold moment, mm -hmm. and I know he rolls his eyes at that, but that's really it's what not, it was. It's not 1998. <laughs> She's not Steve Austin, and Mr. McMahon is not running up and down the show, but continue. But he does come out and puts Charlotte Flair in a championship spot. He does come out and suspend Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. Now, my biggest thing going into this, so at Fastlane, we have Ronda gave up her belt, like, last week, but then, of course, now comes back and Gets it <laughs> with no explanation. So that plot details are bad, right? The shame. Oh, plot details are not just bad. They are nonsensical. That's true. But there's a match coming up at Fastlane between Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. And that's going to be a really good match. Their, their last few matches have been great. You should definitely tune in for that. I'm more excited to see what happens to build this Ronda storyline since the last time we've seen them. Ronda beats down Becky Lynch. Connor has a thing with being them making it seem like Becky Lynch could take on a legitimate 
UFC star Ronda Rousey. My whole thing has been, well, that's what they do. That's sports entertainment. The whole point is to make you believe that these things could happen. That Brock Lesnar, Daniel Bryan could come close to beating Brock Lesnar. Oil goes on and the slapping starts. Anything <laughs> can happen. That's mm-hmm. so. I, I am very excited for this, but this is one of the key storylines. So you got, you're going to be looking to be for uh, trash talking rights after this one. Oh, I mean, I don't know what the result of the match is going to be, but oh, I, I think the so. popularity already, of it. I can already tell you. Oh, the popularity of it, yeah. All right. The ultimate thing at WrestleMania is that Becky Lynch gets the championship. The championship. That's, that's not what my issue is. My issue is with how we got to this point. Okay. Think about where we were the night of the Royal Rumble. Becky Lynch gets added to the Royal Rumble match, not because she's in it, but because, just because, she asked. Fit Finley suddenly has the authority to put her in a match, and she's in. So then it's like, okay. But Lana went down. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not done. This this, this takes time. You don't have, I mean, you guys don't have a lot of time. Well, I will make it fast. So, that that next Monday night, we're supposed to get Becky versus Ronda at WrestleMania. Quick, simple, easy. They very quickly indicate that Charlotte's going to be involved somehow. Personally, I'm fine with it because then you have three things. Your most popular baby face, your most overheel, and your most popular mainstream star. Mm-hmm. It was If we're going to make this a WrestleMania main event, mm-hmm. the first ever women's match to do so, it's got to be the biggest draw possible. Yeah. And that's why they added Charlotte. And that's not my issue. My issue is, is how we got from point A to point B, and we decided to take it 38 miles out of the way in order to get back to the point that we should have been at the next week. But Here's my, my issue is, just think about what's happened in the last two weeks. Yes. Rousey gives up the belt, comes back, gets it right back. Why? No reason. She asks Stephanie McMahon to make a triple threat. Stephanie says no one week, then makes the match possible the next week. Why? No real reason. She, they suspend Becky Lynch for 60 days, then she says, eh, the, the suspension's no longer a thing. Why? No real reason. Vince McMahon suspends her in the first place. Why? No real reason. And why hasn't he shown up a single time since then? No real reason. I There's agree. So, so many holes in what could be the best up, story. This is a wrestling storyline that's ridiculous. Exactly, and it's being told poorly. Thank well, so we're just going to leave that there. Okay. It's being told poorly, but you guys, it is you effective. Guys got, like, <laughs> you guys got like literally thirty seconds to nail your last point, which is Big Dave. Which is wow. How do you I feel Dave like we should to get relegated to the bottom. <laughs> he was barely on the show. You guys, you there guys. you go. That's it. He was barely on the show. He's but a, he's back. Big Dave he's is back a, to wrestling. Batista. I mean, this is like the most relevant thing, I guess, to the rest of the comic book nation, which is Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy star Dave <laughs> Bautista, who came from wrestling, is making a return to wrestling. Kids, Drax the Destroyer is back on television. He's amazing and very entertaining. He's going to be in a match against Triple H at WrestleMania. They're making him the bad Big, guy. It now, doesn't make now sense, this but it's going to happen. this is relevant to somebody like me who fell off in the 2000s. He has a nose ring. This is about like... <laughs> he has a blue yeah. nose ring. He has a blue nose when ring. When Stephanie McMahon started coming in, that's about where I checked out, like, and Triple H went on, like, that direction but uh this is uh this sounds good to somebody like me all right at least we ended it we on hooked the, kofi with yeah. the very last 30 seconds shortest sweet. short sweet totally hooked. we will get you a t-shirt all right so fast lane you guys want to do a promo for fast lane before we get out of here when's it coming on coming on the wwe network starts at seven o'clock central uh we will have live coverage on it at comicbook.com's wwe page booyah Okay, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. As always, if you want to listen to the show, we post new episodes on comicbook.com every Wednesday and every Friday, and you can go and listen there. We also have an RSS feed you can subscribe to for new episodes. You can find us on Stitcher, on Spotify, on iTunes, and iHeartRadio. Yeah, I keep forgetting iHeartRadio, but we're there too. Um, You can also just reach us on Twitter at the hashtag 
comic book nation if you want to discuss any topics for the show or just let us know uh, how you're enjoying the journey. Uh, we also appreciate any reviews you want to leave. We have been taking some good reviews, reading them on air, and sending people to t-shirts. And some of our fans can attest because, you know, we've uh, actually interacted with them and done it and honored that request. And they've been really happy. We've been really happy with their reviews. So if you're enjoying, make sure to go on and leave us a positive review. You can also contact any of us online on Twitter. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. That's K-O-F-I-O-U-T-L-A-W. Uh, I am Matt Mueller, CB. Uh, Connor Casey, underscore CB. And, uh, yeah, call uh, hit us up there if you want to talk about anything we've been talking about today. Otherwise, we'll see you guys for the next episode of Comic Book Nation. Thanks for tuning in. Mother-